Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. This evening, we are going to have a conversation about how do you turn your passion into action? And I'm excited because I'm having a conversation with a long time friend (laughs) that we have just (laughs) recently gotten reconnected. Dr. Stephanie Brown is with us. She's an educator. She is an author. She is a faculty member. I can't wait to introduce her to you. So let me share a little bit about who she is. Dr. Stephanie Brown has served in education for over 20 years. Her passion for education was ignited when she was asked to teach a lesson on the spot in a classroom for an alternative school while completing her internship hours. Well, the lesson went so well that the instructor insisted that she begin a career in education. And so that's exactly what she did. Dr. Brown has served as an early childhood director. She is taught in elementary school settings, in middle school as an ESL instructor. She's been an educational leader in post secondary settings, and a faculty member and a director of English in higher education. Dr. Brown received her bachelor's degree from Temple University, go TU, her master's (laughs) in nonprofit management from Eastern University, and her doctoral degree in educational leadership in higher education from Wilmington University. Dr. Brown's education combined with her passion motivates her to create educational materials that support educators, parents, and students through her educational resource hub, which she calls the I Am Educational Series. Through the I Am Educational Series, Dr. Brown's mission is to ensure that students of color are represented well and they see themselves in education and in children's literature. So this is a huge topic. As many of you know, I do a lot of work around DEI work, equity and social justice work. And so being able to unpack the facts, the truths, and the opportunity to create legacy and impact around how Black and Brown children can see multicultural faces within literature to not only speak their stories that are relevant to them, but that they begin to see themselves within the pages of stories. So join me in welcoming Dr. Stephanie Brown to the Flip Side Conversation. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much, Dr. Jackson. It's such a pleasure to be here. I've known you for so long. I've worked with you. I've seen you. You are an amazing woman of God, an amazing leader. And let me just tell you, you've motivated me to continue in my education, just watching you and working with you. So I know I'm calling you Dr. Jackson, but Virja, you are amazing. You are amazing. I've seen it firsthand and I thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. So thank you for the invite. Absolutely, my pleasure. I can't wait to jump into this conversation that really starts from a place of passion. I love the title you selected for this conversation. When we talk about creating a flip in adversity, there's nothing like creating a flip in identity and messaging. And it seems to have stemmed 
from a passion that you hold. So what would you say, what is your passion around this topic or this subject? Well, it's a personal passion because I grew up in an amazing school district, but yet I learned little about Black history and even women's history. So it was common to not be able to see myself in the curriculum, in the textbooks. I remember my senior year, my English professor finally talked about the Harlem Renaissance movement. And I was already 17 years old and I'm just now learning about it. So when I got to college, my mind was blown when I had my first American history lesson at Temple. I mean, it was an amazing course, but I felt so ashamed because I knew so little. And then from there, the passion just united, ignited even more as I began to learn about curriculum. How is curriculum built? Who creates curriculum? Why are certain topics in it? And why are certain topics not there at all? And then how do I, as an educator, contribute? Because that's what I'm really called to do as a Christian, as a believer. I am called to make a difference and even to solve problems. And our world is so filled with a lot of issues, a lot of crisis, even now in the pandemic. But definitely as a believer, I am called to problem solve, to make a difference, to bring a difference, to shed light, to bring light in the darkness. So again, the passion is fueled for something personal. I love how and and your energy and your drive it has stayed the same (laughs) as we have been connected for decades now and the same energy I felt when we first met it is still there and it's funny how our stories are so similar I also grew up uh in a very um, powerful, uh, highly resourced, high yes. quality education. Um, I attended private schools uh, all of my life, but it was not until I was at Drexel University in my undergraduate years that I too took my first African American histories and studies course. And I I said, how was this not shared when I had such a powerful and high quality education that elements were not included that connected with who I am, where I came from, the people I'm connected to, the, the history that is so relevant to people who look like me. And so when I think about how your passion that is still so alive and so <laughs> vibrant, I love it. What's, what is the story that's actually behind how you, as a solution-driven woman of God, how did your story turn into action for you? Yes, I love that question. And I have a surprise because when you think about it, most people say, oh, I had an epiphany or I had this this amazing moment, this light bulb moment. Mine was birthed out of pain because the pandemic was one of the loneliest seasons of my life. And it, and I know um, it is a very common because we could not see our families. We were working from home, which was a good thing, especially if you're overworking like me all the time, but, but it was a good thing, you know, to rest. But when the rest was over and you couldn't see your family, you couldn't do the things that you normally do. You couldn't go out, especially in the beginning in March and April, those only all those um, early moments of, of the pandemic, it was quite lonely. And I had trouble sleeping. That was the hardest time because I was thinking about so many things that I wanted to accomplish in 2020 and not being able to do them. It, I didn't feel like failure. It just felt stuck. And like I was 
could not do anything. And I'm a mover and a shaker. And to not be able to contribute was like almost like a death sentence. Mm -hmm. And it affected me emotionally. It affected me. I had anxiety, and especially at night. And so it was months and months of months of battling at night. I would pray myself through it. Sometimes I was just up. Sometimes I would cry myself to sleep because I was felt like I was kissing those goals for 2020 goodbye. And then fighting with the loneliness and say, well, I should have done things in 2019 so that I wouldn't be at this place. It was just an emotional battle. But one night, I got inspired and I know it was the Lord because I was, you know, having a pity party that it was like Stephanie, right. And I was like, right, right, right. What? (laughs) I'm supposed to be trying to get to sleep, right? I'm not supposed to be writing anything, you know? And it was like, right. And it was like, what, what should I write? And it was like, focus on the I am educational series because I already started the Facebook page. So I was already digging into hidden figures in African-American history. So it was like write a children's book, teaching children about African-American history, starting with the hidden figures like um, Katherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughn, Mary Jackson. And I said, okay. So I it was 2.30 in the morning because again, I could not sleep. And I wiped those tears. You know, I got up and took my cell phone off the charger and I didn't even go downstairs to my laptop. I just pulled the phone off the charger and started to write the first line of the book. And if for those of you who read it or maybe you have it, and the first line is, um, Elena is, is she's tucked in her bed. And I myself was in my bed writing and I wrote half of the book that night, that lonely dark night of the soul, the Lord himself inspired me to write. And that's our Lord because he doesn't want us to stay in that dark place. The same way as Elijah in, in the first book of Kings, Elijah had that, that dark night after that big victory that he had, he, he ran away. He, the Bible says he ran for his life and, and the Lord came to him and comforted him and even fed him. He fed him. It was just like, wow. But then the Lord said, Elijah, why are you here? you know, and made him question that. It's the same way in the Garden of Eden, you know, with Adam, Adam, you know, like he, God always wants us to respond, not, not so much in our tears or in our brokenness in our pity. Elijah said, Lord, I am the only one left. And the Lord in that, in that soft voice said, and I have reserved 7,000 people that have not, you know, at the time had not served the idols. And that's what the Lord did for me. When I had that dark night of the soul, it was like Stephanie Wright through pain. And I know that's not conventional because who wants to go in a dark moment? Who wants to be in pain? But through pain, God can use it to bring something beautiful. And it's a part of the all things. All things are working for good. The good, the bad, the ugly, the tears, the hopelessness, the joy, it's all working. And I've experienced that firsthand. Wow. Well, 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 (laughs) I'm just sitting. There's so many layers of confirmation there as I think about how individuals in this season and time, we, we started with 2020, but we're now in 2022 and we're still struggling with so many dynamics of the fallout from this pandemic. And There's an opportunity, even in dark moments, for us to open and allow ourselves to, one, be reflective, because that you actually pulled on one of my favorite passages when God asked, um, what are you doing here? And you have to pause and say, what am I doing here? There is more. This is not my ending. This is not my period. Well, we're getting ready to go into a break. Um, I can't believe already there's so much I want to talk about, and we're already at our first break. But I want to share with our listeners that you might feel like you are in a marathon right now, 
of endlessness, of hopelessness, or powerlessness. And I want to actually um, encourage you that the new year can also provide new growth. And we are offering a new series. Our first segment is called Beyond the Vision Board. Now, don't come after me. I created a vision board in 2016. Do not write me. Do not call me. Do not post about me. I'm not saying anything is wrong with vision boards. They are wonderful. You have to see the vision. But what we want to talk about in Girlfriend Gatherings is how do you go beyond the vision board into strategy, into into not just motivation, but intentional movement, and not by yourself, but with a collective of women who will listen and then be intentional about providing support. So on January 22nd at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are launching the first in a series of girlfriend gatherings. They're designed to bring strategy and accountability to your expectation in order to, yes, create action. Now, whether you want to join us virtually or in person, we have both options. I want you to hop over to our website at www.livingstrongllc.com and grab your spot. Now, in person, there is limited spaces because we are respecting COVID guidelines. So that is going to be a small group. But if you want an in-person spot, because you are listening to Voice America, and we only provide this promo code on the show for a discount, 35% discount for um, to be a part of our in-person group, I want you to go to our website, register, and then put in the promo code GFG2022 and get 35% off your registration. And let me tell you, our first session is entitled Beyond the Vision Board. We're going to have six and future titles include Harnessing Your Hope, Becoming a Catalyst for Change, Integrate, Implement, and Execute Momentum Through the Messy Middle. So I know that if you're sitting in a place where you're unsure and you're doubting, just as Dr. Brown just shared, it is not about staying stuck, but ask yourself, what am I doing here? And now it's time to get up. But guess what? You don't have to get up by yourself. Go to www.livingstrongllc.com and grab your spot. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity, and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates. And I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access 
the beauty that is within us. Please visit SandraCoats.com for more information. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veardra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back to our flip side of adversity conversation. We are talking with Dr. Stephanie Brown, and she was just explaining how she took dark moment and became obedient to the call of addressing a solution to a problem and beginning to write her first book. Now, you mentioned in Mm -hmm. the first segment the resource hub you created, I Am Educational Series. Can you tell us a little bit more about that series and what is the resource hub? Yes, I am. So the name is actually named after the father's name because he refers to himself as I am that I am. So I wanted to, I'm always focused on doing something that gives God glory because without him, I would be nothing. You know, he saved me through that dark night of the soul, you know, because that's just who he is. He loves, he loves, he loves us so much. So I called it that. Now, what it does is provide a resource for teachers, because again, it's going to take a long time to change curriculum. I mean, it it could be the next hundred years before we see a more diverse textbook in terms of social studies from K to 12. It could just be a long road. So I figured, let me support educators. Let me make resources like lesson plans, because as a teacher, I'm always online looking, you know, because you're doing a thousand things and you just want something quick. So I said, okay, you know, and I love lesson plans. I love being creative that way. So I said, okay, so let me take some hidden figures in Black history and women's history and put them online for free. Because that way teachers can grab them. They can use, and I, because I love education, I connect them with Gartner's multiple um, intelligences because we know students learn differently and also based on different learning styles, like the uh, uh, the cognitive domain, the affective domain. Those are th- some things that are teacher language, but it's, it's, it's enough where a parent can look at it and say, oh, I can do that right? Because people are home, again, meeting the need, being a a change agent, being a problem solver. More kids are home, you know, and sometimes the parent is like, wow, I'm not go to the website, get a free lesson plan. And it might be a little lengthy because that's just how I am. You know, everything's in there. And one lesson plan would be like 10 pages. But anyway, it's a resource to really challenge the students mentally, creatively. There's always a project and then easy enough to understand that any parent or any, any babysitter, anybody can use it to help the student learn. So that's how I started. And with the Facebook page, I was doing research. So I highlighted hidden figures and people were like, wow, I didn't know that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, me either. You know, so it's building, building a collective, a curious people that wanted to know more about black history and women's history. Then the book came, you know, through that dark night of the soul. And now I'm able to reach more families through the book. And the one thing that I realized is people have had my experience too. I cannot count the times I have when I'm at book fairs or I'm talking about the books. People are like, wow, Stephanie, I've had that experience too. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's not just African-Americans. You know, it's, there's just a lack of representation of people of color in many textbooks. Not all of them, obviously, but there's still a great need there. So that's what I Am Educational Series mission and purpose is. It is such a timely opportunity when there is such a weight 
on our educators and administrators right now. There's a, a shortage of staffing, there's shortage of resources, there's shortage of time, and they are in the good fight to serve and support children. And there's now a resource that they can go to that is free, that is educationally based and tied to standards for them to be able to just download and beginning to engage in conversations that may be new for them, but also a, a, an entire new journey for children who traditionally have been marginalized. And you mentioned your character of your first book. And um, tell me, what is her name again? Elena. Elena. <laughs> Elena. I love her on the cover of the yes, book. Yes. So tell us about Elena. What is the first book and, and who is she as a character? Elena is my niece. That's why I'm like really emotional now, right? I'm going to be crying soon. <laughs> Elena. And, and for me, um, I'm a family person. So if I'm going to do something, I'm thinking about my family. I want to represent my family well. And then I want to reach the masses. So to just honor um, Elena and for her to have legacy and to be able to see herself like Brown family, you know, Phillips family, we're going to make sure that she sees herself in curriculum, even if we have to do it ourselves. So we, 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 we do that. And, um, for the next book, I'm going to be adding more, more members of my family, the kids into some of the pictures, because again, I'm making sure that we continue to see ourselves, you know, starting with my family and and then all families, you know, and so that that's how it, it, it's beginning. Mm -hmm. I love the concept of legacy. And you shared earlier that it might seem odd that so much can be birthed from dark place, from stress. But actually, I feel like that is when we are the most vulnerable and the most innovative things can begin to come about when we have the intention of being a part of the solution. So can I ask you, what does it mean to be a catalyst for change? A catalyst for change is being seeing a problem. And what the difference is you do something about it. 2020, I think for Facebook and social media was the like, People out of nowhere were having a lot of things to say, like people who wouldn't say nothing. All of a sudden, they have this long dissertation about what they think is going on in Philly, in, in all over, you know? And it was just like, wow. But the difference is not many did something about it. Here's an example. I was watching news. I always watch the news. And so a young man said he would like to see more protest on the, ch the children that are killed or victims that are killed because of gun violence. You know, and I was like, oh, that's going to be great. He's like, I want to see some. So I followed him looking for him to organize something because it was he himself who said this on the news and nothing. And I said to myself, I'm not going to be that. I recognize problems in education and I have got to do something. John Lewis calls that we all know good trouble. And that is not just being on social media and complaining about issues, but doing nothing to solve them. As a believer, that's what I am called to do. And why do I think that? I mean, our salvation is based on Jesus coming into the world. Sin separated us from the Father. What did he do? He brought Jesus into the world to save us, right? Problem solved, right? <laughs> Sin problem solved. So to model my Father, my walk as a believer is to solve problems with love, with grace, with, with patience, but with my hands and with my feet and with my heart so that I don't offend people in the process. Because, yeah, I could have looked him up and said, you know, that guy I just talked about, I could have been like, well, 
why don't you do something? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it was like, okay, you got to give him grace. Maybe he's involved in something else. You know, I don't see anything now. Maybe he'll do something. But then it's like, Stephanie, you do something. You do it. So for me, that is a change agent. Absolutely um, amazing. I appreciate how you pulled apart uh, for those of you who have been following our promotions leading up to uh, today. There's a quote that I've been using um, from Brad Montague where he says, and I want to pull up the quote real quick because it is so powerful to me. He says, dare to dream, but please also do. For doers are many, I'm sorry, for dreamers are many, but doers are few. So dare to dream, but please also do. For dreamers are many, but doers are few. So it's shifting beyond complaining, negative uh, stereotyping, or even uh, uh, chat boxing about it. But what are you actually going to be in the hands and feet of our Lord in the streets with others being love and light, not um, shaming or throwing shade, but actually being love and light in motion for a greater good that will not only impact and improve for a few, but begin to improve for the masses. I love the entire concept of being a catalyst for change, coming out of a dark place, using obedience to then impact legacy building. So what kind of impact do you want to see in education and in children's literature? Yes, I want to see more characters of color because I think I shared with you a statistic that in 2019, there was about 3,000 or so uh, surveyed and looked at, and they assessed to see how many characters there were of color in these books. Only about 11% were characters of African-American descent. Animals were in the 20s. So that means that animals are better represented than children of color. For Latinos, it's about 5% or seven to 5%, and it gets worse and worse with Asian and with indigenous and Native American, the numbers considerably drop. And we ourselves, we have to change that. Now, again, the sample size was about 3000. So you can't just say, oh my gosh, but that's enough that should shake us up, right? When you say in this survey, animals are better represented than, than children of color, you know, that, I mean, I'm all in. I'm all in to make sure that children can see themselves. And also with curriculum, we shouldn't have to see a movie called Hidden Figures to finally find out what Katherine Johnson did and her impact in NASA. Like we shouldn't have, I shouldn't have to see a a movie at age 40. (laughs) I should have saw it as a teenager in high school in my physics or my science class, you know, but again, people, we, they're hidden figures and it's up to us to bring them up. So I want to see that more representation in children's literature and in textbooks, curriculum, not just black history, you know, not just for black history where we're pulling out the big guns now, you know, and trying to get everything. No, it should be all year having children represented and having them see themselves. And I love the concept that when we bring that into the classroom, it will not only open the eyes and and build the confidence and the awareness of children of color, but it will shift the dynamic for every single child in the classroom. There is value for every child to recognize who the hidden figures of color are in our history, as well as those who have created global impacts. So I can't believe it, but we're already at our second break. And I want, before we go 
on into this break for you to share how educators, parents, administrators can find the I Am Educational Series. Where can they go? Yes. First, go to the website, um, www.iameducational.org. And there's also a Facebook page, even if you forget that. (laughs) Then if you go to my personal Facebook page, you'll see it all. But when you go to that Facebook page, you're going to see me, you're going to see like the mission so that you can really see what it is that I'm trying to do in education. You're going to see the books books. I can't wait to talk about that. And then um, you're going to see the lesson plans and I will add to them and put them in a book, but there are lesson plans for free that you can download based on real educational principles and methodology that you can use that anybody can use to teach not only black history, but women's history as well, because there's so many hidden figures that have done amazing things in America for America, you know? So we need to know who they are. So go to my website, go to my Facebook page. I'm all, I have an IG page, Instagram. Um, yes, that's it. And, and both Facebook and IG are Stephanie Brown. Yep. Yeah. I forgot. Okay. Forgot that. So you can find it at, um, I am educational series for IG and also for Facebook. And then also for the books, because I wrote a book called She Looks Like Me that I've been talking about. It is on Amazon. For MLK Day, I will be dropping the activity book because now you're going to get more that that's not just a story. You're going to get activities, pages and pages of activities in Black history, like word searches, activities that help students with their fine motor skills, um, matching coloring for earlier learners. And then you are going to get a lesson plan because I'm all about like, I'll do a lesson plan in my sleep. (laughs) So you're going to get a lesson plan. And it's, you know, that way I give you strategies and recommendations on how to use them and how to build your own diverse library of children's books. So I'm dropping that MLK day and it will be on Amazon as well. Well, there you have it. During this break, make sure you check out the resources that are readily available for you. We will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity, and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she is being redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit SandraCoates.com for more information. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veardra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. 
Well, we have been having a passionate, exciting, and enthusiastic (laughs) conversation with Dr. Stephanie Brown. She has brought the light and the brilliance as she always has from the very first time I met her. And she's been sharing a bit about her educational resource hub, the I Am Educational Series. And at the end of our conversation today, she will give you that information again for our listeners to be able to make sure you have access to it. But I just want to pause for a moment before we talk about your actual book. I'd like to unpack a little bit of what was the writing process like for you as an author personally? Mm, Yes. So I've written all my life. I've had journals upon journals and journals and journals. And it just was a daily way for me to exhaust how I felt just about life, even as a kid, you know? And so that's a tip for parents. If your child is journaling, that's always writing, chances are that's going to manifest itself in the future some way, you know? And I always said to myself, I wanted to be a writer, but it really didn't show up until my, my faith was impacted. And so I really surrendered, you know, and that's when I started to grow and learn the technique of writing and then fell in love with it so much that began teaching writing as an ESL, teaching English as an ESL. So I had all this background. So when it came time to actually do it, it could all pour out of me. So I would say there was a buildup. There was just years and years, decades of not only loving writing, um, writing for an escape, writing for the pleasure, and also like liking to liking, <laughs> uh, just wanting to read like poetry, you know, and that's another tip. If your, your child is always reading something, chances are they're gonna be doing something with that eventually. Right. So growing up, just writing and reading constantly, it it helped unfold the gift, you know, Mm -hmm. and that was important because it it wasn't going to make an appearance until later in my life. But that was I knew it was it would it would come out somewhere. But then I had to know my moment. Because when you talk to authors, sometimes he said I was going to put out this book. I was going to put out this this poem, but it wasn't the time. You know, I there was something else that I should I should do this one now because this is something that the people are interested in or the people that there's just something about a moment for a writer or even for an artist themselves. And for me, the moment was Black history because I do a lot of poetry. Like I can, I love to rhyme because I, I love words. So I'll rhyme anything, you know, because I just like it. So, but I could have easily wrote a poem. I could have published a book of poetry, right? But that wasn't the moment. You know, there's a time for that, but it's not now. For this season, it is to focus on issues and focus on problems to make a change and to make an impact. That's what this season, I know for me personally. So for those of you who are in your art, whatever it is, writing or singing or whatever, there is a moment For me, it was more of a divine moment where the Lord impacted me, inspired me right, right now at 2.30 in the morning. Because if I hadn't, because I work a lot, I have like two jobs now, but like there, you, you get busy with life. You get busy with in yourself. You get busy in your head. You get busy with responsibilities. I wouldn't have done it. 2.30 in the morning, it was quiet. There was nobody interrupt me. I could just let it flow. Mm -hmm. So recognize for those of you who are artists, you're creative, you want to do something, whatever it is, there is a moment that will come to you. And it could be in the night, it could, you could birth that thing out, out of pain, or it could be an epiphany, but it's coming. Recognize it and do it right there. Yes. Do not delay. Do it. Do it. So tell us about the book. Yes. So she looks like me again. It rhymes because that's just how I like to do it. Right. I love words. So it rhymes and it's about the story. Like many of us, 
who are sitting in class and who get exposed to great people like travelers and history, but yet they don't look like us. So it's like uh, Amelia Earhart. It was easy to see that the first woman who flew across, who, who, who flew across in a plane didn't look like me. You know, so she begins to recognize, oh, they're famous people, but day after day, they don't look like me. But guess where she goes? She goes to the library. And then that's where she sees all these books. And she's like, I found them. And so she encourages and and it's also problem solving because what happens to some students who get bored? Because in, in the book, there's a picture of her like this because she's bored. She's like, it ain't happening for me. Students will act it out. Students will get disrespectful. Students will students will call out. They'll just manifest all these behaviors because there's something missing. So how she solves her problem is she goes to the library and she asks, she finds, she researches. So in the lesson plan, I even make sure that address how Elena solved the problem in the classroom to empower the students. Because let's let's be honest, this is gonna happen. You know, it's been happening for years and years and years and you might be 50 years from now, it might still be happening. So we have to teach our kids to solve problems. Go to the library, ask the librarian about books in black history, which Elena does in the story. Then she not only gets the books, finds them, but she takes the books to her teacher so that he can read the books to the children so that now they can see themselves. And I highlight the hidden figures, Dorothy Bond, Katherine Johnson. I highlight the, the, the Tuskegee Airmen. I also highlight the first African-American who flew across, James Banning, because I didn't even know about him. And then I go over more familiar heroes like Sir Jonah Truth, Harriet Tugman, Frederick Douglass. But it, it's a way to teach kids about history, but also problem solve. And then um, I have recommendations in there for kids, for, for parents and teachers as well. Because then, because who's reading the book to kids? Most times a teacher or most times a parent. So I have recommendations in that book of how to use the book and how to build that diverse library. So you're going to get more than just a book, more than a story that rhymes. You're going to get a whole bunch of things in one book. And it's a great model for teachers it's a great model for, for writers to, hey guys, let's do it this way to be more than just a book. Let's put recommendations because like, this is what we do all day. Like we know how to teach. We know ways that are effective, right? We know. So put them in the book so that you can empower other teachers. You can empower parents as well, especially that's the sign of the times. People are home, empower them. So that she looks like me. She looks like me. And as I listened to how her behavior was sending a message at the beginning and her natural born leadership skills came out as a character um, to begin to create, she became the catalyst for change. Yes. For um, not only for herself, but her classmates as well. Stephanie, I cannot believe we are only a few minutes away from the end of this episode. And I've been sitting on the end of my seat. (laughs) You have provided such a wealth of a resource for educators. I'd love to hear what are your future goals for for the I Am Educational series? more books. <laughs> books, books, books. I'll be writing books until I die. I have a great illustrator. You will see that if you purchase the book, when I drop the Emma, uh, I drop the, um, she looks like me, the activity book on MLK day. She drew, um, original pictures, original puzzles and like lessons. She did it all. And she is amazing. Um, and me, me and Donna, her name is Donna. We are committed to making a difference. We're, we're committed to, to just making education just better for every student. 
regardless of what their color is. So she and I are just going to create and create and create until we die. (laughs) So that's kind of what we're doing in terms of lessons. I will continue to write lessons for parents and for teachers. The goal is to make them free. That's why they're online now. The hope is to have a, a book of lessons, probably sometime maybe in 20, if not the end of the year, or maybe uh, 2023, that I'll be able to deliver a whole book of lesson plans and curriculum for teachers and parents, because we cannot forget about the parents. You know, we we can't forget. We and I I want to do that as well. So those are some goals: more books, 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 more activity books to pair with the books, and then more lessons. And it will be nice to have events. And hopefully, if COVID, depending on what it's going to be like in February, I'll have two events um, that I'll be featured. So I will be able to deliver a lot of these things. And that's something else that I want to do more of as a way to have something for kids. There's a lot of things for kids, but teacher driven, you know, because again, we are the professionals, like we're teachers. So we should gather together and create these events on Saturdays to encourage, to teach, to empower our kids. Wow. Well, if you are not encouraged and inspired, I don't know what might be wrong with you because I can't wait (laughs) as I've listened to jump into those lesson plans that you have offered freely to educators as well as parents. So with the last minute that we have, can you remind us how we can find you, how we can follow you and how we can support the work that you're doing? We have about one minute left. Yes. So go to my website, www.iameducationalseries.org. Through that, you're going to find the free lesson plans. You're going to find the the link to the books. You're going to find the Instagram page through the website. You'll find my personal page. You'll also find the Facebook page. So hit that website or just go to Facebook or IG, or you can just go to my personal Facebook page, uh, Stephanie Brown, and you'll find me. The links will be there. And for the books, they are on, they are on Amazon, but only one is released, which is She Looks Like Me on Amazon. Uh, The activity book is dropping for MLK Day on Amazon as well. And support, just like and share and buy the book, send it to a teacher friend. I have a lot of teacher friends and, and they're supporting it. You know, let's let's get the books out to as many kids and empower the kids and also parents because there's recommendations in there for parents as well. Thank you, Dr. Stephanie Brown. This has been an encouraging, uplifting, enlightening um, opportunity for us all to be called to action, to not just dream about it, but begin to do it and be that catalyst for change. You have been listening to and participating in the flip side of adversity episode on turning your passion into action. Thank you again, Dr. Brown and listeners. We look forward to staying connected and we will be here same time. Same place next week. Love you. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.